All right. So uh, the next four Sunday nights, obviously, in July, we're going to be examining contemporary issues that face us. And some of these issues, you might not even really think of issues. They've been around for a long time, but they're still not right. You understand what I'm saying? In more common days and decades, uh, they've become accepted, uh, but they're still not right. Uh, so I just want to look at some of these, and some of them are very up in your face, uh, and others are not. Uh, but I just want to look at these things, and uh, obviously it's going to take more than four weeks to look at all the contemporary issues that face us. Uh, so the format uh, that we're going to do tonight and this month, uh, it'd be you know looking at the one issue at a time. And if it's well received, if you enjoy it and you give me feedback that way, we'll look to do it again in November, do another four. You know, so kind of do that periodically, kind of give us a different flavor and a sense of how we receive the truth, more teaching time. So just so you know uh, that that's the plan. And uh, I've compiled the series, the information from numerous sources, uh, some from government websites, some from other Bible teachers, and obviously scripture that I know. Uh, so it's just from all different places, you know, patched together to present to you uh, so you know uh, what the Bible says. So uh, the first one we're going to look at this evening is gambling, okay, gambling. Uh, and uh, how many of us here have gone to the gas station and we're in a rush and guess who's in line? The guy who's buying 1,700 lotto tickets, right? And we're like, what? Come on, let's go. You know, I got places to go here already. Uh, so we've all faced that. I mean, maybe it happens to me and me and Gord are the only persons that ever faced that. Maybe it's our neighborhood or something. But at any rate, uh, there, it's just saturated. And most people would be thrilled. They think they would be thrilled uh, to win, to possess that winning ticket. Our world has become trapped in this fantasy land. It's been trapped in this fantasy land of... Easy money and living in this lap of luxury. All right, that's definitely uh, how they've come to view it. And uh, having lots of money is appealing. I mean, let I mean all of us would like to have more finances. Let's be really honest. Uh, but to have the money without the work—that's that is a major focus of our world today. So uh, periodically, I'll, I'll have asked some questions. So, so how much do you think? The government, uh, or I shouldn't say so the government, so uh, let me say it this way. How much do you think the lottery system, so legal, government, governmentally approved lotto industry makes a year in Canada? Anybody? They call it industry. Okay, how much do you think? There's no lollipops, there's no nothing. Someone guess? Two billion? Sorry? Fifty? Oh, that was a little bit lower than that. Thirteen billion. That's from legal government, you know, uh, what would they say? Uh, it, it follows all the criteria of the government. So you can imagine how much illegal gambling is going on? It would be a whole lot more than that. So this is stuff that can be... Uh, data that can be compiled. And even in the government websites, uh, I just read this this afternoon as preparing, uh, so that's $13 billion a year it makes, and that's a few years old. It could be more now. But they even say that half of that money is made off what they term 
problem gamblers. So remove the word problem and put in addiction. All right, that, that's what it is. So this is, that's a, that's a massive, I hate the word to use industry, but it's a massive financial situation going on with gambling. Okay, so it, it's not like, oh, where's that come from? You know, we see it every day. Lotto 649, whatever it's called, it's all over the place. Uh, I can remember this one time, uh, I was a kid, I guess I was about 15, maybe 14. A cousin of mine passed away, so we we're at the wake. And my great uncle was there. It was a Wednesday night, and he was kind of hustling out the door, and we're like, where are you going, Uncle Jerome? And he goes, I gotta go get my tickets. At first, we're like, tickets? Would you speed here or something? You know, that's what we were thinking first. He goes, no, no, Lotto 649, i got to get my tickets. And he, now he's not saved, okay? He doesn't know the Lord as Savior. He said, I hope the, the guy upstairs helps me. I need, to, I need this ticket. And my dad looked at him. My dad's got a great testimony with the family. Praise the Lord. And he looked at him. He goes, okay, Vern, that's not the right thing to say. Oh, I understand. And he ran off. But the reality is so many people are chasing that dream. And it's a fantasy land. It's, it's not real. Uh, uh, a fellow by the name of Mr. Hardnell in Texas in 1997, he, uh, he bought a Texas, Texas Quick lottery number. I have no idea what Texas Quick is besides his lottery. And he compared his number to the listing, and he won the jackpot. Now, previous, Mr. Hardnell considered himself religious. He went to church fairly frequently, but he had fallen hard times, only part-time job at the local hardware store. It wasn't enough to pay the bills. So not enough to pay the bills, but he went and bought lottery tickets. That doesn't make any sense, but that's the way it often works. Uh, so he won the mega payout, which was 1.24 million U.S. dollars a year for 25 years. That's a boatload of money. That is a lot of money. And as quick as he got the money, his life went sideways. It went really bad. Uh, security for him and his family became a huge problem. Because, you know, when they make those big mega payouts, or mega, I mean, it's not in the news. I mean, even 680 talks about these guys winning big money. And so everybody that kind of knew this guy started showing up. They got inundated with people who wanted loans and gifts and help me with this and help me do that. <clears throat> so not only did that problem happened, then his marriage started to fall apart because they were spending money like crazy now. They had money coming in like crazy and they were spending as quick as it came in. As my mom and dad would say, it was burning a hole in their pocket. They couldn't hold it. And away it went. Uh, he actually told one of his friends that the worst thing that happened to him was winning the lottery. That was the worst. That was the worst thing in his life. 20 months after he won the lottery, he committed suicide. The money brought him no lasting happiness. It brought him misery. Now, not every winner of lottery commits suicide or uh, becomes distraught with the new wealth that they found. Uh, but the reality is, it does not change their spiritual life, does it? And the spiritual is what lasts, amen? It's not the physical, because you don't get to bring any of this stuff with you. You know, he, he didn't bring the $1.24 million check to heaven. It was done. 
it was there. So before we start, uh, let's look to the Lord in prayer. I think a few more kids came in. Pastor Matt, if you want to head over there with the, the little ones. So you can head over, Matthew. I'll, I'll talk to you after about gambling. All right, let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for another day given to us. <laughs> Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be in your word. And Lord, I pray you help us to understand principles, the truths from your word, to help us live the right way and to be a good testimony and witness to those around us. I pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. So in Luke chapter 12, and verse number 15, and this is Jesus speaking. Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in abundance of the things which he possesseth. So this verse is contrary to the vast majority of the people that we know in our communities today. These are people, the people in the communities that we live in. It's all about the abundance of things. More this, more that. And it doesn't matter where you live, it's always the same. I lived in Newfoundland. I lived in a smaller rural town. And it was always about getting a better skidoo and a better boat. You might say, well, that's so impractical for me. That, that's absolutely true. But the reality is here, it's get that new car or get that better thing. You know, because everywhere you go, it's the same way. So the reality is this is very important. And people look at this lottery system as a way of, oh, I can get ahead and I can get, you know, whatever. Uh, so... The question is, and I don't want you to answer this out loud. You can if you want, I guess. But uh, is it acceptable for Christians to buy lotto tickets or play games of chance by betting money? And the answer is no. That's not Christian. And it's not because I'm saying so. It's because the Bible says so. Uh, far too long, uh, we have just kind of, oh, well, whatever our parents said or our parents said, that should be fine. No, we need to know what the Bible says. We need to know. And then we need to be telling other people about it. And the only way you're going to know is by getting in it. And that's kind of what I want to do with this series. Get in the Word of God and see what the, you know, not every verse, but a lot of verses. So some truths about gambling. The truth about gambling. There's a number of lies that those who support gambling will say. First of all, gambling is the answer to your dreams. Because isn't that what the commercials say every time you turn on television, you see it? Or the radio? Or when you go to the store and win this, your life will be changed. I mean, Lyle 649 does a fantastic job on their advertisement. I'm going to be really honest with you. I mean, the money they pour into that thing to make you feel like you want to go buy a lotto ticket. I've never bought a lotto ticket. Don't plan to. Uh, but the reality is, if you have any inclination towards you think, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to live like that for 50 years or however long the money lasts. Yeah, they do a great job in trying to say this is the way you should do it. Gambling presents itself with a promise of easy money. Easy money. A prosperity instantly. Fulfill all your dreams. Does anybody else get that from Model 649 commercials? I mean, that's what I, and other models I've seen. Absolutely. It implies that you're not as happy as you could be. That's what it's implying. Hey, you know, you're okay now, but if you got this, boy, you would be so much happier. You know, that's what it implies. Uh, this was a few years ago. I heard uh, in the state of Illinois or Ohio, one of them, they had this huge mega lottery, like 56 or $64 million. And they talked about how the 
how many more tickets they sold. It went through the roof, exploded uh, for ticket buyers. Uh, so I didn't do the math on this. I found this math. Uh, someone else had done the research on it. I have no reason to believe that it's not true. One's chances of winning that lotto, that 64 million, whatever it was, was one, get ready, in 194 million. Doesn't that sound like great odds? One in 194 millions. So if you started playing when you're 18 and you purchase $20 worth of tickets a week for 1,500 lifetimes, you'd have a 50-50 chance. Can you believe that? That is astounding. I mean, that's not good from a financial point of view, let alone a spiritual point of view or anything else. That is a waste. I mean, just throwing it over. And I didn't even know this, again, because I'm not too familiar with this realm, uh, so apparently you can get a, you can get all the money at one time. But you know what the lotto 649 never tells you is that the government puts their hands in on that lotto winning. So if I would won that 64 million, whatever, or 54 million, whatever it was, you know, if I said, you know, I want to take it all the one, at one time, you know how much I'd get? 14 million. Talk about some serious coin going to the government, right? And it's just it, all the red tape and taxes. Now, if you do a comparison, you're 18 years old, and you take that 20 bucks and put in the lotto, you put that 20 bucks and you invest it in mutual funds. I'm not an investment guy. You need to talk to someone about that. But just you know, invest it right and in good places. And if our economy behaved the way it should, if you did that, like it should in the last 60 years, it behaved the last 60 years, you did that for 45 years, so you're 65, you'd have millions of dollars waiting for you for your retirement. Isn't that a big, isn't that a whole lot better? Absolutely. And that's just from a financial point of view. We're not talking about spiritual right now. Uh, so statistically, uh, you're more likely to get hit by lightning seven or eight times before you win the lottery. Now, fellas, we get hit by lightning a lot more because we're not very smart sometimes. You go looking at the statistics on lightning. I read that somewhere this week that uh, out of 100 people who get hit by lightning, 78% of them are men. Because lightning won't hit us on the golf course, will it, fellas? <laughs> uh, so just the ladies are a lot more smarter about it and they get in and out of the weather. But at any rate, you're going to get hit. The chances of you hitting the jackpot are as bad as you get hit by lightning seven or eight times. It's crazy. Uh, you know, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, come on, people, let's think about it. And so many families today have been destroyed. Marriages have been ruined because of gambling. Totally wiped out. Bankruptcies, addiction problems. There's been murders over gambling uh, situations. Lots of them, actually. Proverbs 13.11 describes this well. well. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathers by labor shall increase. That, that's a great verse. It is going to, by vanity, that's emptiness, there's nothing. It, it shall be diminished. It won't last if it's that way. And man, time after time after time, we see that played out. Now, they don't tell you about those stories on the news, right? Obviously, in the news, they'll just show you the guy holding that check for a couple million dollars, and then you'll hear nothing else about it. All right? So the reality is, this is it's serious. It's really bad. It affects you. The new wealth uh, comes all kinds of problems. 
new friends. You know, we see this uh, in the Bible with the prodigal son. He got, he found his, he got wealth, right? He didn't earn it. It was given to him as inheritance. Went off to that far land and he spent it, uh, spent it riotously. He had all these friends and they helped him spend all the money. And then when all the money was gone, the friends were gone too. So they weren't really friends. They're thieves. All right. So new friends who want the money, new lifestyles that, uh, that cause to come with this new money. And most of them, new lifestyles are not healthy. They're very bad. Uh, so I, I, I lived in Newfoundland as a kid. And I can remember as a kid back in 1988 when the Cod moratorium came into effect, it felt like the world had ended. I mean, a lot of people left Newfoundland because there was no work in the fishery. It was doom and gloom. You know those foggy days we get here occasionally and you can't see the sun and it kind of like a bit of oppressive? Anybody ever feel that way in a foggy day? Come on, show of hands. Class, show of hands. Only a couple of us? I think you're all telling fibs right now. Who loves the fog for ages? No one does, you know. But the reality is that's how it felt in Newfoundland for a long time, financially, economically, because there wasn't nothing going on. Then the oil came. Lots of money. They would say boo-hoo money. And you know what came with that? Drugs. Gambling problems. There was a lot more batteries in the sense of people getting beaten up. And I mean, it was bad. I mean, it, it was flipped over its head. As quick as the money came, all these other problems came. Uh, so that, that money, you know, people use it the wrong way. So it's not the answer to your dreams. That's what they would say, but it's not. Uh, gambling funds is the second line. Gambling funds, uh, good causes. Gambling funds, good causes. Politicians will get up and claim the whole community will be helped by having a casino or a lottery system, whatever. It says increase funds for community projects. Uh, so uh, when you lose money, think about this. Just think about this uh, statement. When you lose money gambling, you're making a positive impact in your community. Right? Yeah, that's what they're trying to say is if you get involved with gambling and you lose your money, that's okay. It's going to help the community. I need to be taking care of my family first, not the whole community. I have a responsibility to take care of my family, my children, you know, those around me. That's not smart. That's absolutely not smart. And, you know, they don't talk about it a lot, but off the money that is made uh, is used to increase the funding to help those with those addiction problems. So you're not helping anything. You're causing more problems. It's add-on, add-on, add-on. And uh, it's even like in uh, you know, secular you know, surveys and studies, they say they're, as the gambling goes up, so does the alcoholism. That goes hand-in-hand. Hand. Uh, it, I was just reading some of it this afternoon, how it just quickly ramps up. Uh, so, that, so they're trying to provide more services, so the money they make from the gambling which is good that you lose your money because you're helping the community. So the money that you lose helps fund the addiction programs for those who are addicted because you at the beginning said, let's have a casino. Can you see how this logic is not logic? It's not right. And it's, it's not true. It doesn't, it doesn't help. Uh, the reality is financially giving is a good, important part of the Christian life. Amen? You need to be giving. You need to obviously give uh, to your local church. Uh, to help provide uh, uh, for the ministries and reaching more people. And generosity, not greed, ought to be the underlying motive for our giving. 
Gambling is not responsible nor helpful for anyone. Nobody. So um, you want to you help a local hospital? Get some new hospital beds or make a donation. You don't have to go buy the raffle tickets. Give them a donation. And lots of them have charities. If you really want that uh, uh, charity receipt for your income tax, they, most of them have a charity organization set up so you can give it to them. Give it to them and be a blessing with no expectation, no, no taking a risk. Just give it to them. I'm going to tell you right now, you never have to worry about Legacy Baptist Church holding any raffles or any of that foolishness, okay? We're not going to do that. Uh, the reality is it's not biblical and it, it's not true, that statement that gambling funds good, good causes. It funds helping people who have addiction problems already. The third one, gambling is justified in the Bible. They say it's justified in the Bible. Some hold the, the casting of lots was an acceptable gambling game in Bible times. I'm going to read you a couple of verses that talk about this. In Joshua chapter 18, verse 6. Joshua 18, verse number 6. Ye shall therefore describe the land into seven parts and bring the description hither to me that I may cast lots for you here before the Lord our God. So this is Joshua before the children of Israel as they're uh, getting the land of promise and he's saying, hey, we're going to cast lots. In Acts chapter 1, verse 26, and they came forth, uh, gave forth their lots and lot fell on Timotheus and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. So gambling advocates would say, this is gambling. Now again, you go back and look at the verses, you'll see there's no gambling taking place. It's not gambling. The, back, the practice of casting lots mentioned in the Bible never involved placing bets. Gambling is involved with placing bets, right folks? Absolutely. That's what takes place. Uh, and so, uh, placing bets with money. So this is not gambling. These verses were, again, about the land division for Joshua. Who's going to get what parcel? So you pick, you know, in my mind, you know, here it is, pick, pick one of them. You know, and that's, okay, that represents this place. And there was Matthias. He's taking the place of, uh, of, for the, of the apostles there for Judas. Uh, you know, he, they picked a new apostle. It's not gambling. It's not money. No bets were placed. You know, gambling is totally a game of chance involving the bet of money. The betting of money. Gambling is a, is a game designed it's, I mean, let's just be really honest about it. It's designed with the intent of taking someone else's money. If we sat around a table playing and have a game of, of gambling or whatever guard game or whatever game it is, it's that, you know, if Arvick's at the table, I'm taking Arvick's money. Yeah, I don't want to sign up for that. <laughs> no way. I worked hard for that money. You know, I'm not giving it away. I'm not going to have a chance that it'll be taken from me. In other words, your gain is someone else's loss. Arvik works hard for his money. So we're at the game table and I beat Arvik. He loses money. He worked hard for that money. That's the idea. That's what's wrong with this thing. It's not, it's not proper. Uh, in other words, you're, you know, you're gaining off someone else's loss. When the soldiers cast lots for Jesus' garment, they weren't risking any money. Okay, they're merely using a chance method of deciding an issue. Who's going to get it? Who here has ever uh, played a game of football or uh, maybe volleyball 
and the ref says, I'm going to flip a coin. What, which side, heads or tails? Is that gambling? No, that's not gambling. This is just a way to figure it out. Who's going to go first? Who's going to receive the ball? Who's going to serve it? Who's going to kick off the ball? Who's receiving? That's all it is. It's not gambling. Gambling absolutely preys upon the resources of others, which is definitely not appropriate. Look over in Isaiah chapter number 10. Isaiah chapter number 10. And um, verse number 1. Isaiah 10 verse 1. Woe unto them that decree unrighteous decrees and right grievous which they have prescribed. Turn aside the needy from judgment to take away the right from the poor of my people. The widows may be their prey and that they may rob the fatherless. So often in gambling and all kinds of other events that are wrong, the poor and the fatherless are often the ones who receive the, the lack of a better word, the dirty end of the stick. And the, the Lord says here, this is not right. This is grievous. All right, so we've got to watch out for it. So it's definitely not promoted, justified in the Bible. That's a load of malarkey. That ain't true. Number four, it's impossible, this other thought, it's impossible to get through life without gambling, they say. It's impossible. Uh, and that's not true. Uh, they, they would say, what about insurance? Isn't that gambling? Aren't you spending money not knowing if the insurance is going to be needed? The reality is insurance is the total opposite of gambling. Total opposite. So gambling, you risk your assets. Right? You risk your assets. While insurance safeguards them. Now, I don't like the insurance payments and premiums I pay. I absolutely agree with that. I think it's way too much. But I can, I can tell you personally, twice, by having insurance, I have safeguarded my assets. One time in Newfoundland, uh, you know, we get lots of snow where we lived. We had what took place called ice damming on the roof. So the water started to melt, and I had about four feet of snow up on that thing. Because we get so much snow. And it started to melt. It couldn't get off the roof. Well, water will find a way to get in your house if it can't get off the roof. Well, I assure you. It happened. Woke up in the morning, I couldn't took a shower. It was dripping all in my, my living room. You know, and... So uh, we had to get the insurance people to come in. They took care of it. You know what happened? They took care of it, made my house better, and I got paid because I did work. That's not a gamble, is it? No, absolutely not. I was protecting my assets. Uh, just recently, I guess about three, actually it's almost five years ago now. That's hard to believe. The, the dishwasher in my house, the line broke. Water was everywhere. I mean, I had enough to get a boat in my basement almost. It was everywhere. It costed over $45,000 in repairs and services and all that kind of stuff. And they paid me again because I was willing to do some work. I safeguarded what I had. So insurance is not gambling. Okay? Gambling, you risk your assets. Insurance, you safeguard them. Gambling pools resources to give a winner while insurance pools resources to help the unfortunate. Uh, I think so. I saw sometimes like big flooding areas, they have flood insurance and like massive amount of people have a problem and they have flood insurance and it's covered. It helps them. Now, I know there's all kinds of horror stories out there about insurance too. I'm just saying it's different, okay? It's not the same as gambling at all. Gambling exploits someone else's loss while insurance helps those who experience loss. 
and tragedy. I think of people like who've been through hurricanes or tornadoes or whatever, and it helps them. Uh, gambling makes people responsible, while insurance makes uh, sorry, gambling makes people irresponsible, while insurance makes them responsible. I mean, to go out and waste your money—that's not responsibility, is it? That's being irresponsible. Whereas you're saying, listen, I'm going to protect what I have. This insurance is going to help provide for or protect the assets I have, protect the family best I can. You know, it's totally different. So if anyone ever says that to you, they're lying, okay? They, they don't understand the difference. So others have said uh, uh, being involved uh, with the stock market is gambling. Now, there is risk in the stock market. There's no doubt about that. You don't know which way it's going to go. And, and, and there's uncertainty. But that's where the similarities end, or that's where they should end. Okay, start market is the idea of partnering in business investment, and you're hoping and you're desiring for profit to see things go forward. Your profits are not the result of someone else's loss, or they shouldn't be. But the idea of sharing everyone's success and hard work, and as a shareholder, you're actually part of the ownership ownership group of that company. You know, so you're you'll have shares in that company. Uh, when investments profit, everybody wins. It's just not one person, right? So if, say, ten of us here invest in a corporation and it makes all kinds of money, I'm not the only one who gets a better dividends at the end, right? All of us do. Because we invested our money in it. That's not to say that we're going to get it all back either, because sometimes, you know, economies go sideways, business goes sideways. I mean, lots of things could happen. So there's risk there. There's absolutely risk. Uh, but it's an asset to the company. And that's why many companies are looking for more people to get involved, to get more shareholders in, to help them go forward with their business. As Christians, we need to remember uh, that for a believer, God is the determiner and source of all the provision and wealth that we need. Now, we need to work hard, amen? The Bible tells us to work. Uh, you know, uh, don't be lazy. Work hard. God honors that. So work hard, absolutely. Do your part. But God is the one, uh, Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, he, he provides, He takes care of. <coughs> you know, we've all been entrusted with something. You know, God's entrusted uh, me with belongings. He's entrusted you with belongings. Uh, i got to say, I really appreciate in my own life that my grandpa and my dad taught me this. My grandpa had a uh, business. Uh, he did quite well for himself for many years. And my dad took over that business. Uh, and I remember them both telling me numerous times, Mark, this isn't ours. This is God's. We just need to be good stewards with it. That's absolutely true, folks. Everything you have is from God. You need to be a good steward of it. Hey, my house, God gave us a house, you know, it wasn't free. I'm still paying the mortgage. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He provided for it. I'm paying for it. Uh, but He provided for me. It's not my house. It's God's. i got to use it to help whatever which way I can to help other believers. Hey, you had 25 people over on Friday night for a barbecue from our church. It was great. Using what God gave us to minister to others. It's God's. Uh, and I saw with my grandparents and my dad and my mom as well that, hey, what we have were, you know, my, my grandpa would buy vans for the church he attended so they could pick up kids. said, all oh, the business is going to buy that. You know, praise the Lord, right? I mean, that's a great way of looking at it. And it's absolutely correct. And we need to be uh, faithful watching over those estates. My home is the Lord's. Uh, and so, um, you know, I, I would be very hesitant 
to allow someone who has a problem with gambling to be in charge of my house. Amen? We, we should be, very, you know, this is not mine, this is the Lord's. So the Lord's not going to invest more in me if I'm being irresponsible, right? I'm not being a very good steward, He's not going to give me more. We, we need to be faithful stewards, doing what uh, the Lord would have for us and, and in this area of, of finances. And, you know, the, the Bible, uh, you know, has lots to say about gambling. Now, the word gambling is not found in the Bible as we know it today, right? It's not found there. Uh, but there's plenty in the Bible that helps us develop that core biblical principles to guide our behavior, to help us know which way we should go. And I want to look at a few more, and it won't be long and I'll be done here. Um, so look over in Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs chapter number 28. A couple of verses here in Proverbs 28 we're going to look at. <coughs> and obviously, I have not looked at every portion of Scripture that talks about unjust gain and things of that nature. I'm just trying to give you a, a high-level view of it. There's, you could study it more, there's no doubt. Uh, but there's a few things I just want to... Unjust gain is wealth gained by preying upon others. Proverbs 28, verse 8. He that by usury. So that's interest. You know, on, We're not talking about 1 or 2%. This is a crazy uh, amount of interest. And an unjust gain. That's the idea of fees or you know, more atop of that interest rate. So we would, we would consider these people loan sharks. You know what I'm talking about? You know, people are taking unjustly. This is not fair. And they're taking. Okay? Uh, and he shall gather it from him that will pity the poor. The idea is so often the poor are at the, again, at the end, they, they get really hurt here with this stuff. They make bad decisions and, uh, they, they get affected. So unjust gain, uh, unjust gain in wealth is gained by preying upon others. Uh, Proverbs 28 verse 20 is a desire for quick riches is never approved by God nor blessed by him. Uh, a faithful man shall abound with blessing, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. That's a pretty powerful verse. You know, so a desire to quick, the quick riches, that's not God's plan for you. That's not God's plan for any of us here. He wants us to work for it. Amen? I mean, that's what it says. You know, work, work hard, the Lord will bless. No, there's a principle, you know, like a guy who comes out of Bible college, we don't send him to the biggest church that we have and say, Pastor, that, because he's not ready for that. He needs to learn, get in the trenches, learn some things, and helps himself along. I know, hey, I know that if I came out of Bible college, I would not have been prepared to pastor Legacy Baptist Church. No, the Lord had a plan. He showed me, taught me, I learned. The hard knocks, school hard knocks, right? And He brings you along. And, and get you a place, hey, this is where you need to be. And the idea with the riches, it's, a quick riches is not approved by God. It's not the way He does it. Uh, gambling assault, assaults our contentment with the circumstances that God has put us in. You know, I was thinking about my uncle. I'm running off to get those lotto tickets. He's never won a lotto. And that was like 30 years ago. He's still playing. You know, and I mean, in my mind, he's got a great, he lives right on the water there in Newfoundland. He's got a boat he goes out and fishes on. And I mean, I, I think that would be fantastic. But the idea is that I gotta have this money in order for me to be content. That's totally wrong. And as individual believers, that should never be a, what was said of us. 
We need to say, listen, the Lord is taking care of me. He's got me in this circumstance. He's going to take care of me. Uh, look over in Philippians chapter 4. <coughs> Philippians chapter number 4. And verse number 11. Not that I am uh, in speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both know how to be a base and know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So the idea that i got to get this wealth, I need to get this thing in order to be happy, it really is a total direct assault on biblical values that says I need to be content with what God has given me. 1 Timothy 6, 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. It's not, but money with contentment is great gain. It's, but godliness with contentment is great gain. It's not wealth. It's not material. It's not influence. It's godliness with contentment. Be with content with what you have. And listen, I know we all have to battle it, right? There's times when you're driving down the road and you see a really nice car. Listen, there's nothing wrong admiring a nice car. I was in Amsterdam uh, a few months ago, or not even a few months ago, a month or so ago, and we're going through Amsterdam, and a guy was driving down the road with a Tesla, one of the like the high-end ones, just brand new. It's like that is so nice. Can I? I can admire it, but the idea is that when I gotta have it in order for me to be happy, that's the problem. You know, there's nothing wrong with saying that's a nice car, and that's a nice house. Nothing wrong with that. Admiring beauty. Hey, the mountains are beautiful, amen? I mean, I can, uh, hey, that's a nice thing. That's, that, there's nothing wrong with that. But the idea is when I say, I gotta have it, because I'm not content unless I have it, well, that's the problem. I gotta be trusting the Lord to provide for those things. Obviously, I don't need a Tesla right now. <laughs> As fine if I never have one. The, the Lord will provide. He'll take care of me. That's at the end of the day. I gotta look to Him. Uh, and so the reality is gambling is not is not designed by God, and it's definitely not designed for Christians to be involved with. It's definitely of the world. All right? Uh, so I think you already knew that, and we might not even think it's a big deal anymore because it's been, I think back in the 70s, they actually changed the laws about gambling in Canada. Uh, I was doing a little bit of research on it. I think back in 1976, 75, they really started starting to legalize gambling and all that kind of stuff. And it's all about this. That's what the government legalized it so they can make more money, uh, in my opinion. But at any rate, that, so it's not, gambling is not part of who we are as individual believers. Amen? It's not, it's not who we are. You stay away from it. So, uh, when I was going to Sunday school, some kind of like a Sunday school class, I felt like I did a little bit more preaching. I'll, I'll do better next week, okay? More, I want to be more of a teaching time, okay? But when I was in Sunday school, we always learned to verse. Is that what happened to you when you were in Sunday school? Anybody else happened? Okay. So, we got a verse to put up there? Wow. I did, I, wow. I didn't know it was 21, 11 verses. It's supposed to be 610. So, the first verse. I guess you can't see that so well there. So, you got your Bibles? So, 1 Timothy 610. We're going to read this verse through three times, okay, class? We're going to read through three times. 
And uh, if anybody knows it next week, <clears throat> they can say it for me. All right? Anyone up for the challenge? All right, next week. It's a good verse. It's a good verse we need to know all the time. So uh, are we there? Class, are we there? First Timothy 6.10, we're there? So let's read through three times. Let's begin. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some covet after, they have erred from the faith, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. First Timothy 6.10 For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some covered after, they have erred from the faith, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. First Timothy 6.10 For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some covered after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. First Timothy 6.10 Alright, so see if anyone can memorize it for next week. And I don't have any lollies or candy. Just see if you can do it, alright? So, uh, just know. And again, next week, I, don't, I can't even remember what's next one. I think I'm doing... I think next week, we're going to talk about tattoos. That is a growing... Uh, phenomena is actually it's been around for since the beginning of time, uh, but it's it has been grabbing traction in the Christian realm in an unbelievable way, uh, and we want to confront that a little bit next week. So just so you know.